0: Everybody, my name is Bill Keeper, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So, join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Well, praise God. Welcome again to Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We have been talking about something that going into 2024, I really believe is important for us to understand. And that is, we need to begin to change how we think. How we think involves all of the things that are underneath in our subconscious and the lower parts of our thinking. And it determines how we respond to what we hear, how we interpret information, how we see the world and see life, how we think is very important to how we live. And we've started this study by looking at Moses and the fact that God called him to be the deliverer of Israel. That was that was God's call, not his. It's not something he came up with. It was God's will that he be the deliverer of Israel from Egypt. But there was a problem. The first time he tried, he made a mess of it, and that's because he thought like an Egyptian. When he first went to see his people, he was 40 years old. We, we've looked at this over and over again but I just feel like I need to mention it again he was trained in Egyptian ways he was raised in an Egyptian home we found out through historical accounts that he may well have been an Egyptian general who was actually involved in in fighting wars for the Egyptian army and winning by the way and so he was well qualified in the natural but there was a problem because he thought like an Egyptian he tried at first to deliver like an Egyptian and that wasn't going to work. The things God needed him to be able to do or needed him to be able to become a channel for, if you will, that those things could not be done if you thought in an Egyptian way. Because you see, If you think like an Egyptian, then when it comes time to deliver, that's how you're going to deliver. But God had something else in mind. And so for 40 years, Moses was in the wilderness. He was not anybody important. He was not anybody special, but he was being trained. He was being changed. And the word is transformed into someone else because he started to think, not like an Egyptian, but, but like the Hebrew deliverer of God's people. God's deliverer, and that's what we want to become. We want to become channels for God's life, God's power in the world around us. We want to be people that can lead others to Jesus and that can be overcoming in our own lives and that can help others be overcoming in their lives. And so we've been talking about this idea of changing how we think. Paul said that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I believe that that is absolutely through the word of God. Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 11 said that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. It said that his thoughts are like the rain and the snow that come to the earth and that they would change the earth. The rain and the snow uh, elevate the water table, provide uh, water and, and moisture and life, if you will, through the hot summer days. I know that's how it is where I live. And if we have enough snow and we have enough rain, then there's water to keep the fields alive, to keep people alive, to keep everything flowing. And that's how his thoughts are. And then he says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will do what I desire for it to do. What did he desire for it to do? He desires for it to change how we think so we can walk in God's ways, and so his life will be more readily flowing through us. The last time we talked about uh, the fact that the Word of God, this whole message really is the transforming power of the Word of God. I like that thought. God's Word has the power to change how we think. And we've been looking a little bit at how that power works. Because one thing we need to understand, we started out this in uh, Mark chapter 4 and in verse uh 26, uh, 20, uh, it talks about the fact that the kingdom of God is like a, a man putting seed into the ground. One of the things, the first things we've got to know is that for our thoughts, our thinking to be changed by the word of God, it's got to get into our ground. In Mark chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 14, we looked at the different kinds of ground. And I'm not going to go over that in detail again, but I do want to say this. There's only one variable in this equation. We've said it before, and I'll say it again, that the Word of God was designed to work in the ground of man's heart. The natural seeds that we put in the ground to grow crops, they were designed by God to interact with that ground and produce life. The seed itself looks completely dead. There's no life in it that we can perceive, but when it interacts with the ground, it produces something, and what it produces is whatever kind of plant the seed is from. God's word is like that, but it won't do anything for you if you don't get it into your ground and keep it there. Uh, a farmer who goes out and digs up a seed every day will never see a crop. And how do we dig up our seed? By saying nothing's happening, nothing's working. I don't understand. God doesn't seem to be doing anything. Listen, it will look that way. And I ended last time by talking about that field that was outside my window when I went to have breakfast every day for weeks and weeks. And for a long time in the spring, after this field was plowed, it was just brown and it didn't look like anything was happening. But then after a time, the seed produced and that field was transformed. And it no longer, when I looked out the window, I didn't see brown anymore. I saw green, lush, beautiful fields. And of course, as time went on, I don't remember what crop was in there, but as time went on, the crop came forth And it was harvested and it gave life to whoever ate it. So we need to understand this. We need to change how we think. And the word of God has the capacity to do that. Now, there, there is only one variable here the seed is good it is inevitable that if you put good seed in good ground it's going to produce it's inevitable in the natural so long as you keep it cultivated and watered and keep the the weeds away and it's inevitable in the spirit the only variable is what kind of ground are you going to be and I want to just share this with you because so often we don't want any responsibility in any of this we think well if God wants it to happen wants it to happen it'll happen well God wants these things to happen that he put into his word or he wouldn't put them in his word if they're there they're supposed to be happening in our lives and the variable here is what kind of ground are you we looked at three types of ground that were bad ground first of all pathway ground that's hard ground that's that's when we go to church and we just go religiously we just go to fulfill some obligation or we go to church and we don't pay attention and maybe there's maybe you don't like that what's preached that Sunday or maybe you don't uh, you don't like the Preacher, there's all kinds of reasons why we get hard, but the seed lands on the surface, and the Bible says that that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. Now, let me just say this to you: He always comes to take the word out of our heart and mind. He always comes to get it before it takes root and can begin to produce. And so, we need to guard against that. When you go to church, uh, or you study the word, or you read the word, or you go to any kind of thing anywhere where you're getting the word into your life, into your ears, into your eyes make a decision, I'm not going to be pathway ground and, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, help me hear help me really hear what's going on, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, and then the stony ground just is the ground that's doesn't have any root in itself, listen we need to decide, I'm going to study the word for myself I'm going to do the work in the in the Bible, in, in prayer in worship, I'm going to become uh, a, a kind of person that will dig down into my own life, into my own heart, into my own mind, and let the Word get in there deeply. And the more we study it, I tell people all the time, meditation in the word is very important. In Joshua chapter one, verse eight, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. If we want to be doers of the word, we need to hear the word and meditate in the word. That's more than just hearing it. That's thinking about it. He starts with saying, let it not depart from your mouth. That's speaking it to yourself, speaking it over your circumstances, speaking it, muttering it. That's part of what that word means over and over again until it gets in there to the, to the point where it can produce. And as it as we do those things, it stays in there. But even before we can we can uh, meditate on it, it starts with study. I tell my students all the time, you've got to study it before you can meditate it. What does that mean? It means learn what the words mean. It means get some idea of what the background is. Get some idea of what's going on in those verses. Read the whole chapter. Read the chapter before and after. Certainly don't ever take one verse out of context completely and come up with some kind of interpretation that has nothing to do with what's going on in the word here. So there's there's a lot that God will show you, but it's it, it starts by understanding where it's coming from. And so uh, we talked about the pathway ground. We talked about the thorny ground, I mean the uh, stony ground, and that's where you'd have no root in your... Yourself. and then there's the thorny ground, and that's where there's all kinds of other things. You're not giving any priority to the Word of God. That's going to become important in just a moment, but when we're thorny ground, when we've got all kinds of other stuff going in, and we're not giving any priority to hearing the Word, then or studying the Word, or meditating in the Word, then all these other things grow up with it, and they choke the life out of the Word of God. They choke the, the revelation out of it until we don't really see what God wants us to see, and we do not uh, obtain the kind of life that God wants us to obtain in it. Now, there were... Uh, three kinds of bad ground, so we need to decide I'm not going to be that kind of ground. Go back over and read those things and let God speak to you about them. But then there was one other kind of ground, and that was the good ground. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Well, what we're going to talk about today for a few minutes is how do we get to be 30, 60, or 100. Now, first of all, let me make something very clear to you. If you choose to be good ground, then you are going to see fruit from the word of God. If you choose to be, not to be stony ground, if you choose not to be pathway ground, you will see fruit you will see something produced in your life. That is an absolute truth. But how much? And here Jesus makes this statement, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And I've heard it preached that, well, we just have to understand that some of us are 30-folders, some of us are 60-folders, some of us are 100-folders. But God said he's no respecter of persons. Do you really think that he's just going to look at you and say, well, I'm sorry. You know, you're just a little bit dim, and so you can't be a producer like that. Listen, we can produce 30, 60, or 100-fold. That's our choice. If we're good ground, we will produce. But we can produce a hundredfold, and that simply means getting everything out of what's planted in our life in the Word that's possible. A hundredfold return on a natural crop is that you get a hundred percent of what can be produced in that plant. God wants you to be a hundredfolder, and you can be. Now, keep in mind, everyone is different. Everyone is Called to be different, but everyone just has different challenges in life. Everyone has different things that they're doing. Whatever it is that you may be doing, see, sometimes it looks like someone else is a hundred folder and you may be a 30 folder because you're comparing yourself, comparing the results of your life, comparing to what you're doing in your life, comparing uh, on the basis really of how men view things. Again, not thinking correctly. God wants you to be a hundredfold producer where you are. He made you where you are. He made you what you are. And I tell you this with all absolute assurance that God does not look down on where you are now. He may have something more for you, but wherever you are now is important to him and important to you. Whatever your life consists of, raising family, working at a job, maybe you're in ministry, whatever it may be, that is where you have to produce and you can be a 30 folder a 60 folder a 100 folder and that is determined by choices you and I make but god desires that we all be able to produce a hundredfold and we can now don't be condemned if you're at 30 do what's necessary to get to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. Nobody really, I don't believe, is producing a hundredfold everywhere in their life. But I believe that every one of us should seek to do all that we can to be one hundredfold Christians and not settle for 30 or 60. And that's the problem that we see. And I think I touched on this last time and I'm just going to quickly look at it again because time is going by rapidly. But... I think we live in a society where we eliminate the best of everything. Uh, We tend to bring everything down. That's how the culture works right now. We don't want anybody to feel bad, so we are not going to magnify or we're not going to honor achievement. We're going to just bring it all down to a level where everybody feels good, and it starts with little kids and, and even older kids competing in anything whether it's academically sports or whatever and everybody gets a participation trophy life doesn't work that way there are winners and there are losers and you can learn from both and being someone who loses doesn't make you a loser it makes you someone who can learn and grow to the next level wherever we are that's where we are and we can get better but if we simply say well this is just my lot in life this is just the way it is i just can't ever do any better than this, then we are settling for less than God's best in our life. And I think I said this last week, but I'll say it again. If you're a 30-folder and all you want is 30-fold, you'll feel really good about getting 30. And if you shoot for 100 and you get 75, you may not feel so good about yourself, but you'll be at 75, not at 30. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have been deceived into thinking it's good enough to just be good enough. So what does it take? For us to press on, if we decided to be good ground, then what do we need in our lives in order for us to be not just the, just barely good ground, but to be increasingly better ground until we get to that hundredfold level. And he says some things in verse 21, very interesting. He says, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set? on a lampstand. What's the purpose of a lamp? Now, the Bible says that the entrance of his word brings light, understanding to the simple. It also says, my word is a lamp unto your feet. And so what's the purpose of a lamp? What's the purpose then of the word in my life? It's to be put on a bushel. Now, isn't this interesting? He, he's, he's using this natural thing. Who would light a light? Now, obviously, we don't use uh, lamps with flames, but who would light a light? stick it uh, under a, a basket and uh, so that it can't light the room. Sometimes we do that you know we put really heavy shades on our lights and and it doesn't really light the room. Well that's not the purpose of the light Now that may be fine for an effect and we may dim the lights for an effect. But if we want to see, you can't cover the light. You've got to let the light shine. I know we have a dimmer on some of our lights, and and it's kind of nice sometimes to have it a little bit dim in there, and you know maybe you're with your spouse and you want it to be romantic. But if I need to find something on the floor, if I need to find something in the room, I want that light as bright as it can be. And Jesus is telling us, listen, the purpose of light is so that you can see. And when we're talking about the lamp of the Word of God, Well, we need that light as bright as possible in our life so that we can see. God wants us to see. One of the things that that we use, one of the terms that we tend to use when we're talking about what we think or how we think is, oh, I see that now. I see that differently. What are we saying? We're saying we think about it differently. We're talking about changing how we think, and changing how we think is directly related to what we see. He says, for there is nothing hidden which will be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. The whole purpose of the word coming into our life, or not the whole purpose, but one of the main purposes in terms particularly of changing how we think, is that the word will begin to reveal what's wrong in how we think. What's what's, Needs to be different in how we think. Many times, when those kind of things begin to happen, we feel condemned, we feel criticized, and we'll put up walls to say, "Well, I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not that way. I, I'm not an unbelief. I, I'm not a sinner. I'm not a bad person." Well, God's not telling you you're a bad person, and if you're an unbelief, that's not condemnation. That's a that's a diagnosis that can be rectified. But whatever area in life the word is coming into our heart. We need to understand that that word is going to reveal things. So how can I determine if I'm going to be 30, 60, or 100? How much light am I going to let in my room? Am I going to keep the dimmer switch at 30%? Then maybe that's as high as I'm going to go because that's all that will be revealed. Will I turn it up to 60? Well, then I can go a little bit higher and a little bit more will be revealed. Or will I turn it up to 100% and say, God, show me whatever I need to see so that I can be more like you? That's really what we're talking about. We want to be more like Jesus than ever before. And I'll give you a little head heads up. That's my theme for 2024, more like Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't want to be more like anybody else. I want to be more like Jesus. So he says, we've got to turn up that light. And then the next step to this, is what are we going to do with what we see? You know, it says in the book of James, be doers of the word, Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. The Amplified says it a little bit differently, and I think it really brings out what I'm talking about with what are we going to do with what God shows us? When the light's on, what are we going to do? Are we going to change what needs to be changed? Are we going to ask for help if we need to ask for help? Or are we going to just ignore it? And uh, the Amplified Bible, verse 22 says this way, but be doers of the word, obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Listen, what are we going to do with this? Are we going to do the word when God shows us something when the revelation comes into our heart when the light uh, the light reveals that I need to change something what am I going to do with it am I going to change it or am I going to say oh that's nice you know really somebody else this is for this is for my husband this is for my wife or am I going to look at that and say you know what the light's on I need to make some changes here. I need to change the way I think. I need to think differently in this area of my life. I need to change my actions in this other area. I need to change my words in this other area. These are important things and they determine whether we're 30, whether we're 60, or whether we're 100. Are we going to obey the truth or are we just going to be listeners to it? Are we just going to kind of look at it and say, okay, well, you know, that's nice. Maybe I'll get to that someday. And when we do that, it says we are betraying ourselves. I like that. We're betraying ourselves. When the word shows something to you, when revelation comes into your heart and you begin to see that your thinking, your actions, your words, your attitudes are wrong, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to just listen and cast it off or are you going to do what God says to do? Because if you don't, you're betraying yourself. We don't need, the devil doesn't need any help in deceiving us. That's what the, the King James and old King James says, a deceive yourself. But it's betraying ourselves. We're betraying our own best interests when we look at what God says, even though it may hurt sometimes, even though it may not be what we want to hear, we're betraying our best interests when we will not do what the word says. And we're betraying it into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. And there it is. We're supposed to be changing how we think. But if we will not allow the Word to do that, if we will not allow the light to shine, first of all, and second of all, if we will not respond to the light that's shining, then, then we will not change how we think and we'll just continue to go on as we are. And it says uh, in 23, it talks about a man who looks into the mirror. And, you know, if you look in the mirror in the morning, I don't know about you in the morning, I never I never go downstairs. I get out of my bed, I go to the bathroom, I brush my hair because my hair is frightening in the morning. And what if I just look at it and say, God, that is awful, and then go downstairs anyway or go off to work or go off to the store or whatever, with my hair looking like that, then the light that came in that told me my hair was a mess isn't doing me any good. But if I'll just take a minute and, you know, straighten it out, then I've allowed that light that came into my eyes, that understanding that came into my mind to change my actions so that I change my appearance so that I'm more acceptable, uh, in this case, to, to my wife and to the world or whoever's there. But... When we're talking about the word of God To be more acceptable unto him That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 12 That you may prove what is the good Perfect acceptable will of God That we be more acceptable unto him That we be more like him And so it says that we need to let the light shine And we need to let that light do in us What it needs to do We need to cooperate with the dealing of the Holy Ghost Sometimes God is dealing with us And we won't cooperate And we wonder why our thinking doesn't change change and therefore our ways don't change and therefore the results in our life don't change then in 24 he says to them take heed what you hear boy i want to stop there for a minute and so many people will get upset with me and say well you're just you're just talking about law i'm not talking about law jesus was not about law i didn't write this in the amplified it says be careful what you are hearing we will never go beyond just minimal production in the Word of God if we don't determine, if we don't make a determination, if we don't decide to monitor what we are hearing. It is not legalism to say, I don't need to be listening to this stuff. I don't need to be watching this kind of movie. I don't need to be listening to this kind of music. I don't need to fill my ears just with the voice of the world. I'm going to tell you, it's. Not, I'm not saying don't watch the news or listen to the news. I think it's good to be informed. But there comes a point in time where that news is determining how you think, not the Word of God. Can I just tell you something? The news is not reporting what God is doing. Hallelujah. I feel like that's... That was a revelation to me as well as to everybody else. The news is not reporting what God is doing. The news is reporting what man is doing and what the devil is doing. It's the, What God is doing doesn't make it into the news. If we'll spend more time listening to him, if we'll spend more time putting the word in, I'm not saying we can't hear anything else, listen to anything else, never watch TV. I, I watch TV. There are things I like. But there are things that I have decided many years ago and redecided again that I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch stuff about magic because magic isn't real. It's a counterfeit of the power of God. I'm not going to watch that stuff anymore. I'm not going to let that come into my ears because it simply corrupts, it compromises what the Word of God is saying to me. So if I'm watching something, if I'm hearing something, and I can sense that it's going against what God is trying to do in my life and what God wants me to see and how God wants me to see the world and how God wants me to think, I'm going to shut that off. And, uh, you know, that's not legalism. That is common sense. And again, I did not write this. Take heed what you hear. Take Be careful about what you are hearing because with what the same measure you use, it will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. The same measure... A measure is quantification. The same quantity, the same degree that we give to the Word of God, the same quantity of the Word of God that we get in is the quantity of power we get out. And the quantity of the other things that we put in will determine, and and that's kind of, that's that thorny ground. That's where we hear all these other things, and we don't give attention, and we don't give priority to the Word of God, and that means that we're going to keep thinking like all that other stuff. So if I'm putting in 10% in my ears what I'm hearing is 10% of God's word and God's ways and God's thinking and 90% of the world's words and the world's way and the world's thinking what do you think I'm going to continue to think and how do you think I'm going to continue to think I want to think more like Jesus I feel like this is vital to me maybe you don't need it but I think you do I want to think more like Jesus so that I can be more like Jesus and in order to do that I'm going to have to monitor what I'm hearing. And that is not legalism. That's common sense. Because, and and let me just back up here just a second, because it says in the Amplified, he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. And so what's he saying here? If I will give not just quantity, but quality, am I going to think about the word? Am I going to study the word? Am I going to give attention to the word? Am I going to come to church and just let my mind go everywhere else? And, and you know, uh, I look around and, and people are on their phones because of, that's where the Bible is, but I guarantee you that an awful lot of us are also checking our email, checking a website, maybe playing a game because we can't get our minds focused anymore without Letting these things have, having these things coming in all the time, and so uh, if that's what you're doing, then you're not giving the pro- proper focus to the Word of God, and then you take it home, and we do nothing with the Bible, and we don't study it, and we don't read it, and we don't give attention to it. And when we do hear something, we look at it and say, "Well, that's really nice," or "It's it's good doctrine," or "It's it's it's an interesting insight." But do we do anything with it? If we don't, then we're not going to be 30, we're not going to be 60, we're not going to be 100, but the degree that we do can determine what level we'll fall at. We may never get to 100, but we can do better than we are right now. Hallelujah. In verse 25, for whoever has to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, uh, even what he has will be taken away from him. If you do this, it's going to compound. You're going to have see more and more results in your life. It won't change everything overnight, but the more you do it, the more you give attention to the word, the more you give thought and study to the word of God, the more you give that priority in terms of what you hear. And the more you decide to cut out the things that you don't need to be hearing, the more you're going to receive, because for whoever has We'll get more, but Hugh doesn't have, even what he does have will be taken away. Not by God. God's not going to take anything away from you, but the devil will. Life will. Our own attitudes will. So the more we build these things into us, the more we plant the word, let it grow, let it produce, the more we're going to have. But if we just do a little bit and we and we ignore it the rest of the time and we let our ears hear whatever, then something that we do have can and will be lost. I've seen this in my own life, and I believe that you've seen it too. I want to go back. It says in verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, And in the, the Amplified, again, it says that just a little bit differently. It says, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. This is what we need to cultivate in our lives. If we have ears, meaning, do you want, to be more like Jesus. Do you want to think more like God? Do you want to see things change around you for yourself and for the people that you have opportunity to minister to and that you're accountable for? If you do, if you have that mind and you say yes, I want that, then we need to be listening. We need to hear. We need to listen and and perceive. That word perceive is all about how we think about things. The change of our perceptions, we need to hear and we need to allow what we hear to change the the way we perceive life around us. And we need to comprehend. We need to hear with understanding. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That double hearing really implies hearing it with comprehension, not just hearing it one day and letting those words uh, be in the top of your head and not get down into your heart. If we will let these things happen, there's one more, and verse 26 is what we already talked about. In verse 30, he says to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what, with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown in the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. He's still talking about seeds. He's still talking about sowing. He's still talking about allowing the word to change how we think. And though it may seem like a small thing. It may seem like nothing is happening. It may seem like nothing's changing. You keep at it. You keep the word in there. You keep perceiving uh, the way God wants you to perceive. You keep meditating and speaking the word. You keep studying the word. You keep, you keep limiting the other things that you hear and give more priority to hearing what God has to say. And what will happen is that something is gonna grow up in your life. And that something will be so big, it will impact and affect everything and everyone around you. That's what we're really after. I believe that church is gonna be greater in 2024 than it ever has been. But this is one of the keys. We need to change how we think and allow how God thinks to rewrite our own thinking so that we will be more like him and more like Jesus in 2024. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord, and we'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so via email at livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingword, intgreenn at gmail.com. God bless you and have a wonderful day.